I know that Peter Quint is an absolute bastard, but Oliver Jackson Cohen be looking fine. Like, my mind's telling me no. But my body, my body's telling me yes. You're listening to that blessed and highly flavored podcast. It's only because a nigga bless. Welcome back to Black Oak Couch Reviews. I'm your host, Christina. We are back for another episode of The Haunting of Blythe Manor. This is the third one in the second anthology series called The Two Faces Part One. Written by Diane Adimu John and directed by Syrian Foy. I gave this episode a really solid 8.7 out of 10. It had a lot of good exposition on where the characters were coming from. It filled in a lot of blanks on the previous two episodes. As far as behaviors, I kind of like the way they weave that in there. I felt this is the strongest, certainly. The first one wasn't bad, don't get me wrong. But the second one kind of slipped backwards. And then this one kind of brought me back into it. The backstory or introduction of Peter Quint and Rebecca Jessel was definitely needed. And I was kind of sad, like, oh, my interracial romance is not going to go in a beautiful direction. (laughs) That's fine. Hey, comes in all shapes and sizes, right? That thing called love or possession or abuse. So uh, we will get into that. I'm going to break this recap up in, not recap, more like a review into two parts. We're going to deal with the present first and then we're gonna leap to the past right so in the present they call the the police but it's 1987 and yeah a sweep it on a manor house you you got all this fucking estate you better find somebody gonna be here who gonna take care of this this is not my personal problem i don't get overtime this 1987 (laughs) like i understand she's like can you do anything like you ain't even really a reassuring me other than I took a sweep. I know who it is. They give the description. The police are more than aware of who Peter Quint is. He used to work for Lord Wingrave, stole $20,000 and then dipped off. No one ever saw him again, but now they think he is coming back to haunt the pl- or not haunt the place, but we know he's haunting the place. So he must have not made it wherever he was supposed to be going. However, they don't know that. They think that he has come back to town looking for his lost love that unfortunately will be very, will not go over very well, according to them. If the people are afraid to tell a man that (laughs) that his girl is dead because they're afraid of the reaction, that tells you a lot about the man. But Danny takes it upon herself to be like, yeah, well, I'm going to do my own suite with a fire poker. And I'm like, okay, do you, boo? Because that's what he was really saying at that door. <laughs> I liked Hannah. There is a certain respect like, oh, 
Missing, you know, you're a native. Americans, fuck off. I'm not about to cater to you and yo. Uh, what what do they they think women be hysterical? <laughs> but I like that Hannah kind of got on him. Like, oh, I could just call Lord Wingrave. You know, make sure. I think he's friends with your supervisor. Like, stop trying to act brand new. Like, you don't know you're supposed to have respect due here. But maybe not, because the flashback seems as if, well, I kind of figure out what's going on with that. At least I have some suppositions. But we'll get there. She also does the better thing and brings in the other two adults. And I prefer that. I like, oh, what is her name? What is her name? Jamie, the gardener, and... I love seeing Owen. I love Owen to pieces. He is Mr. Corny with the jokes and I am here for it because that is just adorable. (laughs) He's that person that is always going to cheer you up and Hannah definitely has the hots for him. She's thoroughly in love with him but I'm not sure what's holding her back but a lot because he seems as if he's into her as well but she doesn't notice which is funny. Like, they're both into each other, but they don't notice that they're into each other. Um, let's see what else happens in the present after that. They decide that <laughs> Florida was really going like, we gonna sleep all, we gonna stay up all night. We gonna have parties. We gonna do this. And the next thing, you know, they was knocked the hell out. Of course you are. Your expectations and your appetite are not the same thing. It only gets worse when you get older. You be like, oh, it's 10 o'clock. I'm trying to go to bed. I don't give a damn it's Friday I will say I am becoming more of a nocturnal person but I feel that so the adults begin to talk about Peter Quint they start thinking that the phone calls they have been receiving are in fact him trying to see or get Jessica to pick up and that's why he hangs up and I like the scene later on in the episode when Danny goes Peter Quint and it clicks so it's making them believe the exact same thing i don't know it could also be a drunken dial from the uncle because <laughs> i'm like why would he call that does feel a little odd but after the sleepover owen once again goes to the chapel and agrees to stay another day she's like hannah that is that's where she stay in the chapel maybe that's what it is she's just super religious and doesn't you know have casual relationships however he does stay she does like the fact that he is staying but he is definitely trying to get closer and she is awkward as fuck then we have danny and jamie i mean everybody trying to make a love connection in this house i guess that's just what happens whether good or bad it will be made here these poor kids i mean they just want some attention (laughs) and y'all making love connections i'm not saying ain't nobody caring for them they is adults hey we out in the fucking country my hand only do so much it's the 80s i don't know what vibrators were doing but i'm pretty sure they weren't telling women to use them (laughs) women still were a little repressed in the 80s danny checks on the children miles is already up and i can all i can tell now 
when he is being possessed by by peter because when he puts his hand in his pocket he does mannerisms that we see in the flashback that peter does and he starts getting creepy like oh we're gonna go out for a picnic once flora is found flora is missing danny goes searching for her and she is by the lake she scream. she also has the doll right the one she made for for rebecca like i feel as if she thought rebecca was her next mommy and i do feel in both cases that they connect more with flora than they do with miles he almost feels forgotten in the equation except for the time in which peter quint included him and i think that is why this familial unit that really wasn't a familial unit would prosper in this haunting or would allow these children i should say allow themselves to be possessed it's not like they're jumping in their body there has to be an awareness going on but i don't know how much aware because you also have when they're putting the kids to bed he's talking to or she's talking to or yeah he's talking to hannah and he says i had a dream that i hurt you and i am still of the mindset that hannah is a ghost because she still did not drink her hot chocolate in this episode she held that cup all for like four hours because they were having hot cocoa also i didn't mention in the kitchen but she never drank it he pours brandy she doesn't drink it she's never drinking anything she's never eating anything either so it also could be that she doesn't know she's a ghost because that's gonna be a wake-up call oh i forgot the scene where she woke up on (laughs) owen's shoulder and she's like oh i'm so sorry i've been getting that much great sleep he's like oh it's fine you know put your head back down and then he puts his head on top of her head and it's adorable girl you better get your man even jamie's like he's a catch all the ladies want him so danny at the lake takes flora away we see rebecca's ghost for the first time at the lake dressed all in black then she's not feeling good the doctor comes to visit he clearly says mentally the kids are fucked up but physically fine and i can't say anything to their mental state because that's not my area of expertise so here's the report i can give to the doctor they're shocked that the uncle didn't show up apparently he doesn't care about much because even when peter quint uh stole twenty thousand dollars he was like okay 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 you don't take that much money from me and then be like send me a memo (laughs) unless you just really don't fucking care but then you still making that money because he's a successful barrister it would seem solicitor barrister you know it's it's britain anywho so she's tucked in the the adults then go back to the kitchen and then they come back down for story time story time was cute with flora and then it turned really dark and creepy with miles because clearly according to the flashbacks um yeah i would say peter quint suffered from delusions of grandeur he felt that he was the lord of this house instead of the servant he got himself into a position where he could manifest a destiny for himself taking advantage of a situation or an unfortunate situation and then we have rebecca jessel and i guess 
there's not much much to that i want to discuss i mean like i said love connections were continuing danny sees her spectra at the end of the episode once again so that's haunting her i'm guessing this is an ex her sexuality is clearly prevalent i think she's making like she's always very close to jamie and checking in with her and i think they like each other but they're cautious and i think that's why jamie too has asked a few times like trying to check in like oh he's so hot and she's checking to see how how danny's reacting to that but it is the 80s and we are and this is great britain so um yeah that that it's just funny though because don't even get me started on the proliferate is that the word prolific yeah somewhere around that word (laughs) it's late i'm toasted but yeah there was definitely a lot of sex with other men going on on the side and it usually came from the same men that were saying that's not okay because for a very long time you just could not say things like that it's not polite society anywho back to the more interesting part of the episode so we finally meet rebecca jessel she comes in to to take a job or to interview a job as an all pair he meets her in the waiting room and there's an exchange between the two there's immediate chemistry right and let's be real peter quinn is fine like he he's so tall <laughs> she's so short and the height difference you know that's a weakness but yeah and then when he opened his mouth and he gave me all of that scottish bro you talk dirty to me how were her knees not supposed to get weak not supposed to get weak but what we did not know at this point in time was that peter quint had already looked up her resume he did the uh, equivalent of facebook stalking like this interview this 10 o'clock this thing that must be done that he made wingrave do had every like he even had liquor for him had a, bought him a new shirt he really did he likes the control he's driving the nice bit you know the nice bends he's stunting in, a, in a, like a, like his daddy but it's it's a lot of bitter resentment he's living a life uh, uh, as what he thinks he owed versus what he's actually earned and yes he sees this very beautiful kind um accomplished woman and he sees it as something just like the other possessions that he wants and covets as something that he has to has to manipulate to obtain and i'm i'm wondering where this comes from where it stems from i think that we will get hopefully we get more backstory on that but i can tell you know she's she is brought in she's completely sucked in by him right he's dapper he he reads her easily he actually sees her like that conversation when they had or that they had in the when he finally you know because he he i mean what did he say i could be persuasive when i want to 
want to be i think he's also aware that he uses those qualities to his advantage in a manipulative manner it's not to say that his feelings aren't sincere behind it but as jamie said possession and love like how could people get those mixed up but yeah she's like i watched him bury into her yeah he he is missing something in which he really wanted in her and he attached himself like a leech and then he could not let go and it was detrimental apparently for both of them it would seem since they both did (laughs) uh what else with their flashbacks i mean it was cute at first he brought the flowers but then i I, when i he was driving in the car because she gets the job of course she was driving in the car um and he said the kids is just you know like she's like how are the kids well you know one is a little dark and the other one talks to walls i don't know what you want me to tell you they're children (laughs) we don't really give a shit about if they're okay they're being taken care of aren't they they're being given food a a water school the things that make life go on so yeah i was i didn't think this connection to the children on his part was sincere it was just a reason to be around her but a reason to be around her also became a reason to watch her because he has a bit of an and mental issue himself <laughs> called i am mentally abusive and also narcissistic but mostly mentally abusive and possibly um close to because he did grab her arm damn they kept trying to take away all my good stuff too i was like oh he went to the door she was like in bed half ready like will he knock on my door sex is coming for me he opened it she opened that door and he was like i'm sorry and she's like get your ass up in these sheets come on man you've been putting it on thick like gave the little boy the lighter that belonged to his daddy like oh my daddy was shit but he was my dad it's the only good memory i have that's kind of sad and sets the tone definitely he was an abused person himself so he continues the cycle of abuse and then uh, she dropped his jaws i mean to be quite frankly we were all i mean wet by the moment he opened his mouth just unfortunate everything else came after (laughs) he's one of those don't give him the right number to contact you back (laughs) you better take that one day (laughs) he gonna put it on you good but when he started when he grabbed that when he grabbed her arm and he wanted sex and she was like i gotta go do my job and he was like you get your ass back in this bed hold up i'm busy killing these bitches nah that couldn't have been shira that couldn't have been i mean fine as hell See, back in the day, you can't do that. But yes, in that moment, that's all. Hey, yeah, that's why I gave you my fake phone number. You've been, <laughs> you've been texting my, uh, text me now, free number <laughs> that I get, and I will disconnect that shit. Like, oh uh, yeah, why can I not? See, nowadays though, it's beautiful. You can just block their ass. Like, you will not find me again. That's why when I'm dating someone, I'm, I'm not even being, being coy about this. It's at your house until i feel comfortable bringing you to my house that is not something you just automatically get because i do not want you to have my address in case you crazy as fuck 
we meet in public a few times and then if we smash in the first time it's gonna be at your house and then we're gonna see how it is i need to be able to feel comfortable with you in my home i need to know you ain't gonna be going through my shit when i'm sleeping when they should be watching me or something i don't know anyhow enough about me and my life <laughs> let's talk about more of this uh abusive relationship do you see he pulled her he just grabbed her up though i'll keep saying abusive and i'm going back to the sex trash trash me it's fine but i could not because he's so fucking tall and i wanted to climb that <laughs> like mount everest let me stop i did not feel any of this during haunting of hill house i didn't even know yet i was like would it see is it just the act no because he was just looking good he still looks creepy in ghost form do not get me wrong when he does that smile thing i'm like oh no you that's when you yeah yeah you that's the kind where i know for a fact you a trump supporter and i can't fuck with you no matter how fucking hot you look i cannot you ain't no we ain't even doing the booty call we that's i would fuck <laughs> the possibly uh it may go in a different direction before i i fuck a no knowingly fuck a trump supporter <laughs> that's how passionate i feel about that moving on he then yeah they had a little cute moment too though i forgot when he said i see you and then he asked like hey these are all the things that i won't he kind of reminds me of my ex and he was someone who also oh my god that's exactly who it didn't get that far though because she is sheer don't play sheer don't play <laughs> that's when i had to leave the relationship i'm like he about to get his ass like, i'm literally about to go to jail for physical assault because i'm 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 eyeballing knives and boiling water let me stop moving back on to this episode that i just made that correlation in real time yes that's exactly what he is this is my ex <laughs> my ex from uh, 12 years ago and there's another moment where he literally takes her into the 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 previous recently deceased mr and mrs i forgot their last name i'm guess weaver whatever they did and he literally gonna take her in there take the wine from this man's cellar take the fur coat talking about she never wore it what do you mean she never that's a dead woman's coat but she is just so she's in love like he has swept her off her feet in a way that she ain't had no time to think and i think also the times have something to do with it a woman is a little bit more uh and i like the fact that they did not make her an american because you see how the american reacts <laughs> like even danny has that like okay well i grab my fucking fire poker and i get out there and take care of the shit myself like i respected that that's an american thing to do we ain't just gonna sit there we are a little bit more assertive that's why hannah was talking like this way and she <laughs> didn't want to talk to american he's like y'all smart asses don't try to tell me what i'm gonna do like you fuck yeah i'm gonna tell you what the <laughs> what i'm saying is it made it made a little bit more sense as well being the time that it was that women did not have like it was easier to, to blame things on a woman or it, accept that it's your fault as a woman 
versus it's the man's fault and i guess we can just get to the big blowout of this episode where it was very clear i mean the signs is already there after this moment they get busted by hannah and then hannah has a moment alone that i think she's gonna regret much later (laughs) because i'm pretty sure he killed a bitch uh bitch in his mind not me i love hannah but she told him like oh i know you flaunt your power all the time about how you can get us fired so on and so forth but i'm gonna tell you right now you cross the line i will take my job and i'm gonna shove it up mr weaver's ass and i'm still gonna tell him what you did and he says <laughs> she's like is that right okay so we haven't done supper get back down there like i know what you're doing you don't have permission and he lied to her saying oh well um i took care of the kids i, I set everything up because she was very worried about actually doing her job like as much as she may be using this as a stepping stone in her career or, or at least benefit teen for from it it's not to say she don't fucking care and i think that's the difference between them he doesn't care because he's a psychopath but she does and she's upset and embarrassed by this so when they are in the kitchen she's not really looking at him or looking at hannah she feels let down by that like she's she's demure at that moment and he is sitting there smoking a cigarette there's a batter debate over more lemon or strawberry and then owen made the the god-awful like he went for hannah first too like you could tell like he looks at hannah like he likes her and i'm not sure why but then yeah he crazy he crazy because he was staring at her the entire time that's uncomfortable that's too much love way too much that's not love that's obsession and then owen says taste the batter she get back to the room all excited like ooh, we can have sex now but he already he packing he could have left he didn't need to announce himself but he purposely was like oh yeah i'm packing my suitcase i'm leaving because you're a whore and a slut and if you gonna put your punani out there all like that and you want respect you clearly aren't acting up to what you say you are so i'm out but don't worry you got a dick to, to comfort you but when he said it's clear you open your mouth you like putting things in your mouth excuse me bitch i got a glock in my rory basically don't fall in love at at black manor it may not end and i have a feeling that we're not done learning said lesson as we most likely will get to the two faces part two because whatever happens next it can't be great so if you want to send feedback for the next episode you can send that to blackoutcouch at gmail.com you can send it via audio or you can send it in written format you can find this podcast black Oak couch reviews on podbean stitcher itunes spotify and wherever else good podcasts can be found my social medias will be below remember to like share subscribe and if you have time run over to itunes and leave a review and rate the podcast until next time peace hair grease and black girl magic